0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Before we get started today, if you are listening to this episode before July 12th, 2019, then I want to invite my female listeners and ask my male listeners to invite their favorite ladies to attend the Women's Conference at First Baptist Church, Jonesboro, Louisiana, where I will be the keynote speaker in four sessions over a Friday evening and a Saturday morning. You can find a link to the conference on my website at MichelleNeesat.com. And the conference theme is Complete in Christ. And I'm really excited excited about what God has given me to share. Now the conference begins the evening of Friday, July 12th and it ends a little bit afternoon on Saturday, July 13th. And now let's start this episode. I use this week's song Look Up Child by Lauren Daigle as a tribute to my mentor's daughter who passed away suddenly. Her life pointed others to Jesus and in the last days her choices on the doorstep of death leaves a legacy to us all. May her example be one that inspires us. You see, Susanna loved the Lord and she walked in newness of life with him. She was vibrant and loving and took risks and jumped in with both feet and her whole heart. She and her husband are therapeutic foster parents who've adopted two sons and and are on the way to adopting a third. She believed the love of Christ was transformative and was committed to creating an environment in her home that reflected that. Now, it is their practice to worship in the evenings together as a family, and music played a big part of that time. So when Susanna wasn't feeling well one evening, it wasn't an unusual request to ask for one more song to fix her eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of her faith. And she chose Lauren Daigle's Look Up Child. And I pray that God's word that we're inspired to look at today, inspired by Susanna's story and inspired by this song, I pray that his word will cause you to look up, child, and walk in newness of life until you attain the promised hope of your salvation and eternity in the presence of Jesus, right alongside Susanna. Now, before we dive into scripture today, let's listen. I am committed to helping you follow my train of thought as I study scripture. I do this because I want to lead you down a path that one day you can take on your own. And it's kind of tricky to bring you into the process sometimes because perhaps I am very familiar with passages that you may have never read. Please don't use that as a barrier. Use it as a launching point. Oh, yay. Michelle's talking about a section of scripture I've never read before. It gives me the perfect opportunity and excuse to explore it on my own. That's what I'm hoping for you. Now, having said that, sometimes it's uh, hard to untangle my thinking to share it with you. It can be tricky sometimes because I'm not sure which came first uh, in order to backtrack my steps. That's why I want you to find friends to read God's word with. You can challenge each other and ask each other questions that you may never have thought to ask yourself, but with less less of an agenda than what I have here on the podcast. So I have a really cool story to tell you about that. My mom finally surrendered her life to Christ within the past few years. She is retired, and so she has made it her habit to drink coffee and read her Bible in the mornings, sometimes for an extended period of time, which I highly recommend. And I remember a conversation with her when I was younger about reading the Bible when she said, yeah, I read that once and thought she was done. Well, as you know, Following Christ means meditating on scripture day in and day out. I think of God's challenge to Joshua when he took over the mantle of leadership that Moses once had, once Moses had passed away. God said to Joshua, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Well, mom has taken this charge seriously, and when she finished reading the Bible all the way through in less than that first year of following Christ, she picked it up to do it again. And this time she listened to an audio version, tried a new translation so she might hear things in a new way, and then she did it again. I'm not kidding, y'all. It's been amazing to see her continued commitment to the Word of God and it doing a transforming work in her life, so much so that her friends text me sometimes just to tell me all about it. So the other day, she confided in me that she felt led to read the Bible with new believers. She was nervous to even tell anyone this feeling. She worried about whether it was an idea from her own head rooted in pride or an idea prompted by the Holy Spirit. My grandmother suggested that she ask me about it, and I have to tell you, I was like, so you want to read the Bible out loud with new believers, not teaching it, just trying to be an accountability partner and a sounding board for each other? Um... Yes, I think that sounds like something consistent with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So after our discussion, she took a deep breath and said, Okay, then I'm going to talk to my pastor about it, which I'm all for submitting to the spiritual authority that God has placed over us. But Ephesians 4 teaches that Christ gave gifts to the church. He said he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So I encouraged her to do God's work and build up the body of Christ. Sure, go ahead and let your pastor know what God's calling you to do, but you don't need his permission to read the Bible with new believers. He will be thrilled. (laughs) Uh, But then she said, well, I thought he could point me in the direction of new believers in the church. To which I replied, beware of thinking of masses. God will bring you that one that he has for you. Now, unbeknownst to me, in her mind, she was thinking, I don't go anywhere. What is God going to do? Send someone to knock on my front door? Now, she didn't say that out loud, because then I immediately reminded her, we had a conversation about this elderly man that she had witnessed to just weeks before. And I said, look, you can just start there. And she agreed. So, The next week though, she texted me and I just had to call her to get the whole story. But here's where it here's like the rest of the story. A friend of hers came over to use her computer and she brought her son's girlfriend with her. And mom struck up a conversation with this young lady while her friend while mom's friend was working in the study. And she discovered that this young lady was a believer. And when mom asked, So do you read your Bible? She said she used to and she knew that she should. In fact, she wanted to, but So mom offered, would you want to get together and read the Bible together? I'd be willing to help keep you accountable and I need to read it too. The young lady agreed. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? God did indeed send someone to knock on my mom's front door when she surrendered in her heart to his prompting. Now, that story incorporates several of the bites that I use. Now, bites are Bible interaction tool exercises. These are just habits that I use to keep my time in God's Word varied. And mom's picked up the habit of read and keep on reading. That's one of the bites. This gets you reading larger chunks of scripture, bringing you into the story in a way a verse-by-verse analysis will not it's also a good habit just to stay in God's word, you know, give the Holy Spirit something to work with, and annual reading plan is a great way to do that. You may not have a huge Aha moment every week, but it's a foundational habit that will change your life. And another bite that she uses is listening to an audio version of scripture. She's even paired that with reading along. And I know several students at at the school where I work that use this technique in literature. They retain it better when listening to an audio version of the text and then following along with the words on the page. And my favorite app to do this is the U Version app, and it now follows along. For you. So you could listen to the audio version and it will kind of scroll through the text as it reads to you. Now, another bite that she's using is sharing with a friend. They're just going to read and talk about what they're reading. Will they run across stuff they don't understand? Sure. But I always say there's enough in there that you do understand to keep you busy. All right. Now, let's untangle all the places that I want to go using Look Up Child as our inspiration. I was trying to think of places where God's Word encourages us to look up, and I immediately thought of three places in Scripture that I want to bring you to today. However, let's pretend you didn't know of the three places to study immediately. How could you get there? That was the question that I was asking myself. So let's start in a place that you might have already read. Let's start in the Gospel of John. Now, I hear often hear of people recommending to new believers that they read the Gospel of John first. So it might not be a stretch to assume that you have read John chapter 3. So John chapter 3 starts out with Nicodemus. Um, he's paying a visit to Jesus under the cover of night. And he was sneaking around because it wasn't acceptable for a Pharisee, a leader and a teacher of the law to be entertaining the words of Jesus. So he kind of came to him uh, under the cover of night. But they do have a discussion and Jesus gets straight to it. And he speaks to Nicodemus about being born again. And Nicodemus jumps straight to thinking that Jesus is talking about being physically born again. And he's understandably confused. So Jesus explains that it's a spiritual rebirth, that you're born again through the Spirit. And then Nicodemus asks, how are these things possible? And here is Jesus's complete response. And this is why I want you to read in context. I want you to get the whole picture. So I want you to read all of John chapter 3, but I'm going to start reading to you in verse um, 9. You are a respected Jewish leader or teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Now so often John 3:16 is taken out of context that you may not have even realized from memory that it was Jesus's words to uh, uh, Nicodemus in this conversation that he's having in John chapter 3. So what is Jesus telling Nicodemus about himself here? So when I look back at this section of scripture, I just read it to you in context, but let's use the bite of making a list. Let's look back at the text and make a list of things that Jesus said about himself. First of all, he refers um, to himself as the son of man. So he says the son of man has come down from heaven. The son of man must be lifted up like on a pole. Belief in him leads to eternal life he was sent not to judge but to save and he is god's light and and you may see more i mean this is this is just the brief list i'm as i'm trying to show you that you can go look back at the text and make a list of things that you can learn and understand just by stopping to study a little bit so that's one place i thought of that we need to look up look up to jesus as he died on the cross for the salvation of our souls. Of course, this had not happened yet as he's talking to Nicodemus. It's going to happen later. Uh, and Nicodemus will actually be in the story later too, which is interesting if you keep reading. So the thing is that is that we God is calling us to look up to his son and step into the light. But aren't you just a little curious about the whole snake on a pole reference that Jesus makes? And Nicodemus would have known this story well because he was um he studied the law and he studied he studied the book of Numbers, which is where this reference is. But uh, maybe we might have to take the bite of following the cross reference. and it, uh, When Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So when we follow the cross reference, and that can most likely be found in the margin or footer of your Bible. Now, if you have one of those super thin Bibles, they probably it probably doesn't have the cross references. I highly recommend investing in a study Bible. There's other reasons why. There's great um, historical context in the introductions. There's often really good. Uh, Uh, commentary at the bottom. I particularly like the ESV study Bible. It's huge. It's heavy. It can also be a little costly if you're on a budget. So my favorite online tool is biblehub.com because it's free. And the cross-reference section is quite powerful. And there are other online tools. Feel free to explore on your own and find the one that's right for you. But don't spend so much time exploring for the right tool and and not studying the scripture. So when we follow the cross-reference, it leads us to Numbers chapter 21. And here's what it says, beginning in verse four. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. They're talking about manna, the provision of God. Um, And this is all obviously during the wandering in the wilderness. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent And set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. All right, so the serpents were judgment, but in the midst of judgment, God provided salvation. All they had to do was look up to the bronze serpent on a pole, which Jesus said was a foretaste of us raising our faces to Jesus. Up on a pole. The salvation offered us as we're dying because of the original sin, which is believing the lies of a serpent. (laughs) All right. Now, there's one more place I want to take you. This one, if you are a regular listener, I hope may have jumped into your mind already. A few weeks ago, when we studied Hezekiah using the song Scars on episode 272, we saw Hezekiah do something. Let's head over to 2 Kings 18 and see if you can remember what he did. Verse 3. And Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah, and he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. It was called Nehushtan. All right, he broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people had made an idol out of it. They took something good and worshiped it instead of the God who provided it. That could very easily be us. The good thing that God gives us, that amazing job, the precious spouse, the great home, the loyal friends, the wonderful kids, all of these things can become objects of worship instead of blessings pointing us. To look up and worship the God who provided them. Well, what about the trials that our song sings about? We could be like the Israelites in Numbers 21, speaking against God in the journey, complaining about the trials, even complaining about the food, the very provision that kept them alive. If anyone was bit by a serpent, they just looked up to live. Now, if life is biting at your heels right now, look up, child. Place your faith in Jesus, perhaps for the very first time, or even if you're a follower of Christ already, place your faith in Jesus for this situation. Look up, child, and live. So, what's next? Use this episode as a catalyst to spend more thoughtful time in the scriptures we've briefly highlighted today. I've only touched the surface. Study John chapter 3, study Numbers 21. Don't miss the danger zone we uncovered in 2 Kings 18. Let these references to looking up lead us to place our faith in Christ unto salvation and continue to place our faith in his saving power for every situation we face until we meet him face to face in eternity. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at com. Hop on Twitter at MichelleNizat or Instagram at MichelleNizat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my Facebook page, my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Crystal from Texas and Debbie from Louisiana, Christine from California, Regina from Illinois, and Christine from somewhere in the U.S. Welcome. New subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week and in that email you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the resources that I create um, for specific episodes. I do that from time to time and all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to Michelleneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for my podcast yet? This really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Alive by Big Daddy Weave. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 277. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.